Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Hi, everyone. Now I know. I know. I know who the psychos are. It's like eight degrees and you're here. Give yourself a hand. Come on. Temperature is a state of mind, right, when we have the fire in our hearts. Come on. Let's do this. Well, I assume and expect that many are joining us online today, probably thousands. So thanks for joining us today. Jumping on the live stream or the podcast wherever and whenever you are. Pound it, like it, subscribe, whatever it is you say. I've never done all that, but hey. We are going to jump in. You all ready? Let's do this. We are in week number two of our series called Make God First. Everyone say, Make God First. first. Say it like you mean it, psychos. Say, Make God First. first. Today, I've titled this message, Pray First. Pray First. So before I get into this message, I believe, even though we just prayed, I, I feel like we should pray first. Come on. So let me pray. Father, I pray that as we get into your word today, that, Lord, you have something for each and every person in this room, that, God, we did not show up without a plan, that you had a plan for us today, and that, God, you want to speak into our life, and you want to shape something fresh and new, renew something that is gone and, 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 and has gone dormant. But, Lord, we just pray today that, God, you would move. So we invite your Holy Spirit to come. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, most of you know that we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. We believe in the call on the body of believers to be people who pray. We want to be a house of prayer. Like we, we believe that the church itself was born in a prayer room. We believe God hears our prayers. We believe God heals because we pray. We believe God saves the lost because we pray. We believe that God sets people free of addiction Because we pray. We believe God meets needs. We believe God leads us. We believe God counsels and comforts because we pray. So not only do we want to pray, but we want to pray first. Everything begins and ends with prayer. So we not only want to begin with prayer, we want to be to prayer to be the last thing we do as well. And we want to pray everything in between of the beginning and the end, don't we? It's like what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, two-word verse. It says, pray continually. Pray continually. Look at your neighbor and say, pray continually. Or pray without ceasing, right? So we not only want to pray first, but we want to keep praying. And to be a person who keeps praying, well, you got to start praying. And I know for many of us, prayer is more of an idea, Or it's more of a a desire than it is a function or a staple in your life. Perhaps prayers for you are mostly brief moments where you might cry out to him because you need his help. Or perhaps it's a prayer before meals or prayer at church. But to say, for you to say, I have a prayer life, maybe that doesn't describe you. I don't know many of us that would just come up and say, I'm really good at prayer. But I know a lot of us would say, I know that I'm not good at prayer. Meaning, after a minute or two of praying, you are kind of out of things to say. You know, and you're like, start repeating yourself. Anybody? You just start, I don't know, I just keep 
saying the same prayer, as if it's a special talent to be good at prayer. The other day, just a few nights ago, I started, I, I turned on the TV and America's Got Talent was on. And I switched it on because I can't resist. And I watched it for like 10 minutes and there was this guy on the show that did an entire choreographed show with music using shadow puppets with his hands. You know, like when we make, most of us, we can make bunny ears on the, on the wall with the shadow puppets. He did like this entire musical with his hands, like people dancing and people climbing ladders and playing pianos. It was like, it was literally insane. And I was like, dude, that, that, that guy's got talent. America, that guy's got talent right there. And I know for some of you, you hear someone else pray, you hear someone else tell their testimony about how God has changed their life through prayer. Or maybe you come to church and you hear people get on stage and they pray and you're like, they are literally choreographing the angels of heaven through their prayer and all I got is bunny ears. I just want you to know today, God loves bunny ear prayers too. He loves them. Prayer isn't a talent. Prayer is simply a conversation with God. Prayer is talking and listening to God. That's it. That's all it is. And the more we do it, the more we start to feel free in it, and the more dialed in our ears become. Prayer is kind of like marriage, right? I am way better at listening to Christy now, 23 years in, than I was when we started. Sometimes she doesn't even have to say anything, and I know exactly what she's saying. You all know what I mean, like married people? She didn't even say a word. I'm like, I got you. The ability to hear God and discern God's voice through prayer grows through time and through our willingness to pray more. Ultimately, God wants us to pray in any and all situations, but I want us to know that when I say, hey, we're going to pray first, for a lot of you, I, I, I'm, I am approaching this from multiple layers. There's people in here that need like the beginning stuff. They need inspiration to start praying. Some of you are like, I pray all the time and you need some meat. We're gonna get there. We're gonna do it all today. But I, I want you to know like for those of you who are like, I struggle to pray. This isn't like some formal, like structured thing that we're inviting you into. It is literally a conversation with God to start praying. And I know that for a lot of us, Whenever we say, let's start praying, God simply wants you to start praying with him about everything in your life. And what if you just started praying first, right? You wake up in the morning, you pray first. Before you pull out the phone and scroll Instagram or scroll the news feed, you pray first. Put that down until you've, you've prayed. Before you go to sleep at night, you pray first and thank God for getting you through another day, right? Before you step into work, you pray first and you say, God, would you be with me today? Like, work through me today. Before you, before you step into that meeting, you pray first. When you're waiting at the doctor's office, right? You pray first. When you're driving in bad weather, you pray first. When you're driving in good weather that's really cold outside, you pray first. When your kids walk into their schools, you pray first. When you read the Bible, you pray first. Say, God, give me a word today. When you make that phone call that you're really worried about, why don't you just pray first? Before you fire off that text, to tell someone how you really feel, why don't you pray first? Before you go and spend all your money on that thing, why don't you pray first? Before you do something stupid, would you please, for the love of God, pray to the God of all wisdom so that you won't do something stupid again in your life. Pray first. 
no matter what you're doing, praying tethers you to God and to his love. God loves you more than anyone else in this world. And when you pray, it actually connects you and opens your life and invites the love of God into your life. And so praying isn't like permission, it's like invitation. God, I want your love in all I do. But our tendency in life is not to pray first. I want you to think about it this way. I have an image for you. I have an image for you. What do you do first when you face a challenge, a problem, a need, a desire, or a dream? What's your tendency? Perhaps some of us, we worry first, right? That's the first thing we do. We just start worrying. We just start playing conversations over and over in our mind, thinking, oh, man, what did they think about me? What did they think about that situation? We start worrying about, man, and unmet desires come up, and we just start worrying. Is it ever going to happen? And so a lot of you, you know, you just spend a lot of time worrying. Is anybody a worrier in here? You don't have to raise your hand, but I, yeah, 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 you did anyway. You're like, I'm such a worrier. I don't care. I'm raising my hand right now. We worry first. Some of us, though, what we do is we work first. We just start working it. Problem comes up, the need comes up, the desire, the dream. We're just like, I got to get to work. Or, or I, you put on your Mr. or Mr. Fix-It hat, and you just get after it. And you work yourself to the bone. You're like, ain't no problem that I can't handle. Ain't no mountain high enough, right? Like, you're just like, I got this. And I just want you to know, like, my tendency is to work first. I don't worry a lot, but, man, I'm going to work it. Like, you, give me, you, you put a problem in front of me, I'm going to work it ten times over. Like, I'm going for it. Like, I, can't, I, can, I can handle it. So I work first. How about, about <laughs> and some of us, sometimes you just got to laugh first too. But, but, and some of us, some of us pray first. Some of us, a few of us have, in that, have built that into our life. But by and large, most of us pray when there's nothing left to, nothing left to do. So after we spent so much time worrying and working, there's even a saying for it in times of crisis. It's you go to the hospital, what do they say? Well, there's nothing left to do but pray. Listen, prayer is never supposed to be a last resort. It's supposed to be a first response. So why do we worry first? Why, do we work first? Do we worry first? Or do we pray first? I love the powerful passage in Matthew 6. I'll just spend a moment on it. But it says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Everyone say, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is life not more than food, your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? There it is. You are better than a bird. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're better than a bird. We did that series last year. We talked about this passage for weeks and weeks. You are better than a bird. God will take care of you. Just like he takes care of the birds, and you're more important than a bird. Can any one of you, verse 27, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Nope. You waste a lot of hours. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Everyone say labor. Another word for work. So don't worry about it. Don't work at it if it's God's job to do it. Verse 29, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much, not much more clothe you, you of little faith? In other words, you are better than a flower. <laughs> so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run, they work after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But then he says, but seek first. Everyone say seek first. 
seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So why do I remind us of this passage? Next slide. Because we are worrying and working ourselves to death and it's time to start praying things to life. Anybody need that today? We are worrying and working ourselves to death. And it is time to start praying things to life. Worrying and working our problems, our needs, and even our hopes. When we do those things without starting it in prayer, it will end in death. It will end in disappointment. It will end in spinning out of control. But praying first, seeking first the kingdom of God, that leads to life. Everyone say pray first. So this is the inspiration, right, to, to pray first. The inspiration to pray first is all over the Bible. We've done numerous messages. If there's any message I've preached consistently in this church for the last almost 10 years, I would say it's prayer. Probably more messages on prayer. So I'm like, gosh, i got to preach on prayer again. What am I going to say? I don't know. God, just keep, there's so much inspiration in the Bible, there's plenty to say. So even if you struggle to pray, even if you don't feel talented or skilled or knowledgeable in prayer, even if you tend to worry or work yourself to death before you pray, no matter what your challenge is to being a person who actually prays first, no matter what it is, I want you to hear something today. I want you to hear that prayer is the essential ingredient to a person who wants to know God. Prayer is the meeting place. Prayer is the pathway to God's presence. It's how we get there. And it's the doorway to his power. Prayer opens the door for God to work supernaturally in your life to bring healing or to bring um, whatever power you need to overcome circumstances. It leads to life. So if you want to know God, anybody want to know God? If you want to know God, there's actually a lot of ways to get to know God. Reading scripture is a great way to get to know God. It's awesome. Coming to church is a tremendous thing that we should value in life. Serving and being generous and are, are great qualities of becoming a godly person. But nothing builds intimacy with God or strength in one's faith more than prayer. So today, I, I want to teach us a model of prayer. I want to teach us one of the models we find in scripture. It's actually in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and it's called the prayer of Jabez. And this is there's actually just a few examples in scriptures that you would call models of prayer. There's several examples of prayer in Psalms and so forth. But most famously of the model that we think of is, of course, the Lord's Prayer, right? The Lord's Prayer, which we've talked about again a number of times. But the Lord's Prayer was, of course, given to us by Jesus as an example prayer of, of how to pray. The disciples, of course, ask him, Lord, would you teach us to pray? Now, I say this often, but I think it's amazing. We don't have any evidence of them asking a lot of other things of how to do from Jesus. They didn't say, hey, Jesus, you know what I would ask? Jesus, like, how'd you walk on water? That's what I would have asked, you know what I mean? Like, how'd you take the bread and the fish and make that happen? Like, no, instead they ask, Lord, can you teach us to pray? Because they understood something about Jesus. He was prioritizing prayer. It was the source of his passion and his purpose. And so he says, sure, I'll teach you prayer. And he doesn't just teach them prayer of a, of a, a prayer that, that they're supposed to repeat the same prayer throughout their life, but it's a model of prayer and how to pray. And many of us know the words of the 
Lord's Prayer. I'm going to put it on screen. We're going to say it together. You guys want to say this together? Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This prayer is a powerful prayer and it serves as a model, an example prayer. I mean, it begins, right, with praise, hallowed be your name. It, it then surrenders to God's will being done in, in your life and in, and in the earth. And then it's followed by trusting him for provision. We give us our daily bread, asking for, for the forgiveness of our sins and, and, and building that same type of forgiveness in our heart towards others and then ending in this beautiful way to end, like protect us from the evil one. We have taught this prayer many times at OKC Community for good reason, right? It's a prayer that we should learn from. It's a prayer that we should model in other prayers. And another prayer model that we've used at our church over the years has been what we call our prayer wheel. And a lot of you have seen this. But we created a prayer wheel. And I'm just talking about models for just a second. But we created the prayer wheel to be a simple way to spend an hour praying in our prayer room. That was the genesis of it. Because spending an hour in prayer for someone that's never done it, that feels like a very long time. And if you've ever spent an hour in prayer, it is a very long time. It feels like a long time. And when you're not used to it, so what do we do? So we just broke it down. Like what if we just took six things, made them last for 10 minutes each to help focus your prayer so you can actually stay locked in and pray for a little longer. It's like when Jesus said to his disciples, could you not keep watching pray with me for one hour? So we came up with a one-hour prayer model. But it is also a way for us to be united in prayer. I use this. How many of you guys have ever used the prayer wheel in your, in your prayer time? Good, a whole bunch of us. And I use this all the time. It helps me focus my heart to pray for more than just my needs in my day, but to pray for, for example, our church or to pray for my neighbors or to pray for the world around me. And I only show you those because those are models of prayer. And I think what we read in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, which we're about to get to, wasn't intended to be, quote, a model of prayer like the Lord's Prayer was um, and is. It's simply a prayer by a guy named Jabez, but it's recorded in Scripture because I believe it's a prayer that God wants us to read. And be inspired by. And I actually believe God wants us to pray. So here we go. First Chronicles 4. Now, the first nine chapters, by the way, of Chronicles is literally page after page chronicling the genealogies of the families and the names, if you will, of the Israelites. It's literally name after name, 600 names. And then there is this little blip in chapter 4 where one guy is singled out and he's never mentioned again in the Bible. But he had his one shining moment. And it's Jabez. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Good to know. Jabez cried out, to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. 
and the Lord granted his request. Now, the prayer is amazing. The introduction is weird. (laughs) He was more honorable than his brothers. Again, good to know. And his mom named him Jabez because she had some extra pain in childbirth with him. Now, why'd she say that? Well, the name Jabez is similar sounding to the Hebrew word for pain, and Jabez actually means born in pain. I mean, I do appreciate how they named children back then. She just named him what happened. Like, she's born, he's like, born in pain. That's his name. Hey, that newborn looks, look at all that hair. Let's call him Harry. I just love it, you know what I mean? Brown streak in the hair. Let's call him brown streak. Don't call him brown streak. That one's not good. I mean, sometimes you don't want to name what you see. But they did, born in pain. We don't know a lot about Jabez, um, but what I do know and what we do know is that Jabez had a prayer that caught everyone's attention, and it caught, it's caught the attention of believers for centuries. And, and what's most important is apparently it caught God's attention because it ends with, and God granted his request. Now, Jabez asked for four things. You can go ahead and put that out there. He asked for, number one, blessing. He prayed for God's blessing. Bless me, Lord. Secondly, he prayed for influence. Enlarge my territory. Thirdly, he prayed for God's presence. Let your hand be with me. Fourthly, he prayed for protection. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Should we pray for more things? Of course. Is this prayer missing some things? Yes, absolutely. Is this prayer very personal, missing some outward-focused direction? Yes, of course it is. This isn't The only prayer we should pray, that's why I would say it's not necessarily a model, but it is an example prayer. And as I sit with this prayer personally, as I have read this prayer, learned more about it, and as I have prayed it myself, I believe it's a prayer that we should pray. So I want to break it down. I want to talk about the four movements. First, he prays for blessing. He says, oh, that you would bless me. Everyone say, oh, that you would bless me. Good job. There's a lot of misunderstanding about the concept of blessing both inside and outside the church. I think we tend to want God to take care of us, but many people will eventually get to a place where it feels selfish to ask God to bless us. I think in the church world, some of us have been familiar with like the blessing culture And it gets tied up with health and wealth or name it, claim it, or blab it and grab it, you know. But that's not, that's not what Jabez was saying here. He asked God to impart supernatural favor. And I just want you, I just want to say, we should believe in blessing. And I think we do theoretically. But, like, specifically, you should believe in blessing for your life. Blessing is the lavish love of God raining down his favor and his blessing upon you. The original Hebrew word for bless me means to kneel or to stoop. So it is asking God to kneel down, to stoop down, and to place our hand upon us. Place his hand upon us. And that we would say, God, oh, that you would bless me. Now, I think a lot of us would say God wants to bless us. God is a good father. He wants to give good gifts to his children. But the reason he blesses us is not so that we could be rich 
or that we can have a life of comfort or leisure. Like that is not his purpose, right, in blessing. He says in Genesis 12, which is whenever blessing begins, he says that I bless you so that you will be a blessing to others. Recently, I have felt really blessed by God in so many different ways. This summer when our family was spending time in Colorado, I had a day where I was literally overwhelmed with gratitude and thankfulness for the blessings of God in our life and in my life. And I remember being quite emotional. It was one of those moments to be really you know, honest with you. It was like probably one of the largest moments of gratitude that I've ever experienced. And it was just supernatural in that way. And, and I tell you that because this prayer can be challenging for me. I think this prayer can be challenging for you because I'm already blessed. And, and, and God, you've been good to me. I don't want to start another prayer out like give me more. Some of you are like, I'm, I'm okay with that, Tim. <laughs> I think for many of us we think, I, I, I don't want to be selfish. I, I'm good. Because you think, yeah, you've been blessed. But I just want you to know that God can bless more. God has, yes, already blessed many of you in here. But, but I want and you should want and you should pray for God to bless you more. Because God wants to bless you more so that you can bless more people. And many people, when we pray, we don't pray for God's blessing to bless other people. We pray for God's blessing to take care of our own pain and our own circumstances. And we don't have the time to even think about others. Or we don't understand that his purpose in blessing is so that we can be a blessing to others. We can't even imagine our life being so blessed that we just start to get to bless others. We're just trying to get our heads above water. And I'm just telling you, if you start shifting it from about you being blessed for your own circumstances and your own favor, but you being blessed with, well, you being blessed with God's love so that you can bless others, it shifts the purpose of his blessing. I'm not only saying blessing is about money and possessions, by the way. He blesses us in all sorts of ways, doesn't he? He blesses us with joy. He blesses us with, he blesses us with, with, with the gift of friendships, with, with the love of our family. God can bless in many ways. And I do want you to hear, you have permission to pray, God, oh God, would you bless me? Secondly, he prays for influence. He says, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Everyone say, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory doesn't just mean, hey, I need some more land, expand my acreage. He was asking God for those things, but he was actually asking God for a greater sphere of influence. Landowners determined how much people earn. They also determined the living conditions of everybody under their territory. Now, we have to remember one of the details we learned about Jabez. We don't know much, but we know that he was honorable. He was an honorable man. He was introduced in the middle of 600 names, singled out as honorable. So we have to believe Jabez is not asking for more territory for his sake, but for an honorable purpose, that he could impact more people, that he could help more of his people, that he could, he could bring more people under the care and the blessing of God. Honorable influence is exactly what the world needs. We have a lot of dishonorable influence in, in our world, don't we? Trying to push agendas, politically charging everything. Social media influencers are all the rage. Literally leveraging our addiction to scrolling 
for their agenda to push a product, to build a brand, and to make funny for, money for themselves at our expense. We need followers of Jesus who have an honorable desire for influence. We need more followers of Jesus asking God for more territory. The Christian posture, though, is often this. Hey, I'm cool being in the back. I'm cool. I'm cool. This serving behind the scenes. I'll scrub the toilets if you need me to. It's great heart, right? I don't want to be too aggressive or see power hungry or think as and so we sort of see influence as something that is strictly business. My Christian hat is the is the humble, quiet servant of God. And although that is true, we can do those things while also expanding our territory. Many of us think enlarging our territory is, is really regarded and relegated, if you will, to our business thing or our career thing. But the prayer is in the context of God's blessing and God's purpose. God, enlarge my influence for your purpose. This is why it's actually good for churches to grow. Not every church doesn't have to be the biggest church ever. But a church saying honorably, we want to expand our territory is saying, God, we want more influence in the city. For the sake of your kingdom. So every good church should be expanding in some ways. We need more believers praying. Expand my territory. Grow my influence. All for the sake of God. I will make you first. And as you give me more, I will put you first, God. I want to encourage you to dream wildly when you pray. If you see a vision worth pursuing, ask God, Lord, expand my territory that I may help more people and expand your kingdom. It doesn't just have to be about you and your little thing. God can do more. How many of you know that we need more influencers? How many believe that? Truly. How many believe we need more influencers? Right? How many of you know we need more territory for the kingdom in our city? How's it going to happen unless people start praying like this? How many of you know that we need creatives inspiring us for the Lord? How many know we need business leaders building kingdom businesses? More employees shaping their work environment. More educators, right, sharing the love of Christ through what they do. We need to expand our territory. We have to pray this week even. Lord, what if you prayed it? God. Everywhere I step this week, will this be given to me as your territory for your purpose? So when you walk all over your workplace, he's expanding your territory. When you walk all over your neighborhood or your school or through this city, what if God was like, everywhere you step, I'm going to use you for a greater influence in that sphere. I am going to increase your sphere of influence. And a lot of you are like, I've never been an influencer. I don't want to be an influencer. I'm cool. I'm not. I'm, hey. God needs influencers. God needs you to step in to the power that he has made possible through Jesus in your life. Third, he prays for presence. Let your hand be with me. Everyone say, let your hand be with me. Once you are blessed and God is giving you more influence, you will need God's presence with you more than ever. In the scriptures, the term God's hand or the Lord's hand is actually, uh, it conveys God's presence, but also his power upon you. 
There's so many examples. Acts 11, there's a, there's a moment where it says the Lord's hand was with them, and, and, and a great number of people believed and turned to God. There is no, well, I don't know if this may be a stretch, but this is a really great request. I was going to say there's no better request, but this is, this is an amazing request in prayer to say for God's presence, right, to go before you and to be with you. It's similar to the, the prayer or the, the verse, the scripture pray continually, meaning, God, I want to be constantly aware of your presence in my life. And we know that theologically God's presence doesn't come and go. He's always with us. But we've all felt days and weeks or even seasons where we feel very spiritually dry and it feels like God is not as close as we wish he was. So God, let your hand be upon me. It's a powerful prayer when you feel spiritually weak and wanting. God, I need to feel your presence like your hand upon my shoulder. God, I need the confidence of being in your presence. I, I don't know about you, but I feel more confident in my faith when I know God's presence is near. His presence reminds us that we are not alone, that we are more than conquerors, that in his presence the enemy flees. And as I said, the, in, the Lord's hand in the scripture not only conveys his presence, but it also conveys his power. Prayer is the pathway to God's presence and the doorway to his power. We say it all the time. Where do you need, though? Let me ask you a very real question in the middle of this. Where do you need the Lord's hand to be upon you? Where do you need his power in your life? I want to ask you that, and I want you to think about it. I want you to actually get an answer right now, like in the next 10 seconds. In fact, just close your eyes so you can concentrate. Where do you need God's power in your life? I want you to think of it. Is it a specific need? Is it, is it? Is it healing? Is it breakthrough? Is it finances? Is it work in my marriage? What do you need his power to do something in your life? I'm going to count to three, and I want you to, once I say three, I want you to silently say what you're thinking about to the Lord. You got it? Where do you need his power? One, two, three. Just say it to him quietly. Lord, we pray your hand upon that. In Jesus' name, amen. We can invite the presence and power of God into any and every situation every day. I mean, we need it, don't we? And lastly, he prays for protection. He says, keep me from harm. Everyone say, keep me from harm. Keep me from harm. Listen, if you have God's blessing and if you have his influence and if if you, have, if you have not only those two things, but you have his presence going with you, then you are going to need his protection. Because the enemy's trying to stop people like that, right? He's trying to stop people who make God first. He's trying to stop them. And Jabez is like, God, I need your help. Listen, the truth is all of us need God to protect us. Jesus even ended the Lord's prayer in the same way, didn't he? Lord, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Protect us, Lord. Guard our hearts and deliver us from the enemy and his plan to steal, kill, and destroy. 1 Peter 5.8, it says that the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. All of us have felt the hardship of being the prey to the enemy and the enemy coming after us. 
We've all felt it, whether it be by the battles that we have to just survive through the day or our bouts with depression or addictions or whatever way the enemy is attacking you, we've all felt that battle. And we're like, Lord, I need you to protect me. It's said that sometimes the hard things in life, the the battles we face, make, make us stronger. And it's true. God will use everything for the sake of creating a stronger and more resilient Christ in you. However, God is a protector. He doesn't want to just let you go so you can become stronger. No, he's like, I will protect you. I will keep you from harm. I will free you from pain. God is fierce. (laughs) And he will fight your battles for you. All you got to do is ask him. I love the story. I, I, I think I mentioned it this weekend with the group we were with, but I love the story in Exodus when the Israelites, of course, are up against this moment. They're at the Red Sea. They're looking ahead of them at the ocean in front of them. They turn around. They see a cloud of dust behind them that they know is the enemy coming. It is the chariots of the Egyptians coming after them. They are pinned in this moment. They have nowhere to go. The enemy behind them, an ocean of fear in front of them. And the Lord, and the scriptures say this to the, the Lord says this to the people. Through Moses, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. The Lord will fight for you. You don't need to do it. Just be still. Just stand in his presence. Just let his hand be upon you. Just let him expand your territory. Just let him bless you. So today, do you need to quit trying to do it on your own? Do you need to quit worrying and working things to death? And do you need to start praying things to life? Do you need to be still and simply ask God Keep me from harm so I can be free of pain. Jabez was born in pain and he prayed, Lord, free me from pain. So maybe we could say it this way. Whatever your pain is, whatever your battle is, whatever your fear is, whatever your frustration is, whatever your life is, you have a God who wants to bless you, who wants to enlarge your territory, who wants to place his hand upon you, and he wants to protect you from harm and free you from pain. You know how I know that? Because God put it in the Bible, and then he didn't just put the prayer in the Bible. He put the specific words at the end of that prayer, and God granted his request. God wanted you to know that he granted this request, and he will grant your request. He will bless you. He will give you more territory. He will. He will go with you in his presence upon you. He will protect you. I believe this is a prayer that we can pray, that we should pray. It's not the only prayer we should pray. Is it missing some things? Of course it is. It's not the perfect prayer, but it is a prayer that I want to pray that God wanted me to see because he granted this request and he wants you to see because he granted this request and he's saying, I need you to pray like this because I want to bless you. I want to expand your territory. You know what else I want to do? I want to be with you. I want my power and my hand upon you and, and I will protect you. Don't worry. I got you. I will even set you free of your pain. Come on. God, God sees you. He loves you. He wants wants you to see and experience him through the power of prayer. We got to pray first. So here's what I'm asking you to do this week. This week, I want you to pray that prayer. You might need to take a picture of that. I want you to pray that prayer every day this week. And I hope you'll pray it many days after this week. 
But if this week you're like, I'm going to take and I'm actually going to apply a sermon. We need to apply more sermons in our life. But if in this particular one, if we were going to do it, like, okay, I'm going to pray the prayer of Jabez every day. And it's going to become the prayer of Tim or the prayer of, you know, whatever your name is. And I'm going to pray it every day. I'm going to pray first and I'm going to use this prayer and I'm going to pray. And I'm just, I just want to see how God works in it. I want to encourage you to step into something maybe you haven't done before. Everything begins and ends with prayer. We not only want to pray first, but we want to pray last, and we want to pray everywhere in between. Jesus prioritized prayer. It was his lifeline to maintain his passion and his purpose. So let's be people who pray first. Everyone say pray first. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. Would you just close your eyes? As we pray this, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free of pain. Let's bow, but let's with a show of hands. How many of you are going to give a really good try at praying this every day this week. Just lift your hand. Come on. You're saying it to the Lord. Just lift your hand. I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try and pray that prayer. You can pray it in two minutes or you can take 30 minutes. But you're going to pray it every day. Well, today, if you need prayer, we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. Our prayer team is going to be here in a moment. We believe God heals. We believe God helps. And we believe God has, meaning he has you. He has that situation. He has everything in your life. You ever have a friend who says, you find out later that they actually needed help with something, but they never said anything to you. And you were like, man, I wish you would have told me you needed help. I would have loved to help you. I know God knows all things. But I think sometimes God says, why didn't you just come and ask me for help? I would have loved to help you. Are you worrying and working things to death and you need to start praying things to life? So as we worship today, we have a prayer team that is ready to join you in prayer. And to say, we are going to pray first. We are going to step in and believe in the power of prayer today. As we sing this, the altar's open. You can just come and pray to the Lord. But we want to just ask the God of the universe for his hand to be upon us today, his power to be released in this place. So if you have anything you need prayer for, would you come? Father, we pray that as we take time to worship and respond, that, God, you would just be in this moment. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.